Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Bowie, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering. What a trifecta. We're here to share tips, resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm. So you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Welcome. I am so glad to welcome you all to the Maximum Mom podcast. Meg, thanks so much for joining me today. I cannot wait to dig in to what you and I have to talk about. My pleasure. It is my pleasure to be here, Elise. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. Well, today I welcome Meg Garvelia. Did I say it right? Perfect. Wow. Yay. Yeah. You could be I'm Italian. Always, yes. Right. I'm always messing up people's names. Obviously, my name is one of the more easily messed up, so I'm probably sympathetic to that. Well, welcome. First, I just want to, I always like to dig in and figure out, you know, who makes you a mom? Like, what does your family look like at home? Let's talk about that for a minute before we dig into your your business and how you bring support to law firms. Great. I am a mom, obviously. My husband and I have been in Metro Atlanta here for 22 years, and uh, our boys are pretty much cooked. They are 23 and 25, and I'm currently accepting in-state applications for daughter-in-laws, and it's a pretty rigid vetting process, but, um, (laughs) and keep in mind what I do for a living, so it is a process, but, and unbeknownst to my children, we keep it on the down low, so (laughs) they probably wouldn't approve. (laughs) In fact, I'm sure they wouldn't. Yeah. Love that. That is hilarious. (laughs) So whenever people mention that, you know, oh, I have a daughter that, or yeah, I have a daughter that lives in California. I'm like, "Mm, thanks for your interest, but we're not accepting out-of-state applications. But anyway, yeah. So our boys live here. Um, I have one that's about to graduate college and in economics and then another one who has been kind of taking classes off and on and Uh, He's the one who has some special learning challenges and that I mentioned in my little blurb when we were exchanging emails. And yeah, so my hubby and I have been married for, I think, 28 years. And yeah, so we moved a lot throughout our marriage initially and so much so that when we had been here for, I think, two years, Drew, our oldest son, Drew and Matt, Drew was a thumb sucker and he came around the corner when I was organizing the pantry and he sadly took out his thumb and said, are we moving again? <laughs> and it was so sad because we did. We moved so much. My husband's a paper engineer and he doesn't make not origami he actually it's the science of making paper Uh (laughs) and um so yeah he helps paper mills make better grades of paper through chemistry and chemicals so yeah that's us I mean I don't think I've ever in my life met anyone who is a paper engineer so that you win the day for like a novel thing I love that yep I always tease him and say he smells good (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I absolutely love that. That is awesome. Well, I really want to dig in 
to your business and what you do. First, tell us a little bit about your business, how long you've been doing it, where you do it, who you help. Yes, ma'am. So we essentially, our elevator pitch, if you will, is we play Woven Legal places virtual legal professionals with attorneys from coast to coast. We help attorneys, you know, just increase productivity and drive billable hours if that's their practice area because they're able to maximize their time. And I see a lot of places who, and a lot of services that say things like that, but we actually talk with our clients to make sure that that is the case. And we remain in contact to, and with every engagement, we place a relationship manager. So we don't only make the match, it's a subscription service. So we place a relationship manager that checks in with the contractor as well as the attorney or the client. And so just to make sure that the client is in fact getting what they have paid for, because that was something that I heard again and again, that clients weren't getting, or they doubted whether or not they were getting the number of hours that they had asked the contractor to work for for them, or they dialed back their expectations of what they had asked, you know, a tried and true paralegal that they had worked with maybe in a previous job. And they were like, you know what, I'll do it myself. And that just breaks my heart a little bit when I hear that. So we, you know, know that with a relationship manager, truths come out that wouldn't otherwise come out. So, yeah. Oh, I think that's so important. I mean, when I think of the support of one of these types of companies where you're bringing in, you know, like a a contractor and I'm I'm assuming a lot of times it's remote. Is it sometimes not remote as well? Yeah, all virtual. And yep, it is. It's all virtual. And so our premise is we can tap in and really get top talent who Mm -hmm. are choosing to, they still want to work. They Mm -hmm. just don't, you know, Atlanta, I mean, just to use the Atlanta market, California, just all over where traffic is particularly bad and people have gone through the COVID world. They don't want to deal with all of the stress of traffic or politics or whatever it is. And they still want to contribute. So they come to a company like Woven Legal, where they can lend their talent, skills, and experience and leverage that. We pay, we really actually pay quite well. We offer great perks. And then we provide a stable sustainable work environment so that they can do their very best work. And then my client is delighted. And that's what we want. We want them to do some of their best work. And we have a no jerk policy. So if it's a situation and we don't have to utilize that. In fact, Mm -hmm. since we've been open for two years, we've only had to use it one time where, you know, we actually had to ask a client, you know, to step away and had to inform them that they weren't a good fit. And as a result, you know, that contractor was so loyal to us because we were able to place them in another engagement where they were almost immediately bought out. The client just loved them and 
you know, it's right. just a great situation. So, yeah. Now, are you only placing paralegals or is it a variety of other professionals in law firms too? Like, do you ever place a billing clerk, let's say, or maybe a legal administrative assistant or tell us a little bit more about that? Elise, thank you so much for guiding this because I am nervous. I feel like I'm on the Today Show. And <laughs> well, can I be Katie Kirk, even though she's not on the Today Show anymore, but I really love Katie Kirk. So we'll just I'll pretend. In the green room initially right. too. Um, so thank you. But yes, we place um, client intake specialists and docket clerks to make sure that not you know the calendar is always buttoned up, super tight. Nothing gets missed. You know, for like we have a, a firm where I think we place seven folks in that firm. And as they grew and we continued to place additional people, they were buying them out at a rate that was actually difficult for us to sustain, but we're grateful that they liked our contractors that much. But with that, their trial calendar got busier and busier. So we placed a ducket clerk and now we've done that again and again. But yeah, client intake, we place quite frequently paralegals and legal assistants are our bread and butter mm-hmm. um, and bookkeepers as well so you do place bookkeepers well that is really good to know yeah mm-hmm. legal bookkeepers you know right. not just your run of the mill we need to make sure that they have worked in you know with law firms and attorneys and understand the guidelines Right. Well, now, how does this work? I mean, here we are, you know, the Maximum Mom podcast, we're in the Maximum Lawyer Group, thousands of law firm owners. I can tell you that I read messages daily about people needing help. How does somebody get engaged with somebody like you? And I suspect many people are going to feel like they don't have enough systems written down to use somebody like you. So what happens when you have somebody who maybe is a you know, a newer law firm owner, and they really need some help like you, maybe they can't even afford a full-time employee or, you know, benefits or whatever. How do they get engaged with you? What is that going to look like? And should they be hesitant if they don't have enough SOPs or standard procedures or anything? Okay. Tell us about that. No. And it's perfect that what you're the questions you're asking are right in line with the way clients come to us and ask questions. So, no, we are a fractional service because we serve a lot of solo practitioners and small, you know, just generally small to mid-sized law firms. So, we typically somebody would call in and or, you know, send us an email and ask to meet with me or, you know, somebody to answer questions that they have. And so everyone that we place has been heavily vetted and they have at least three years of experience. So we're always vetting candidates, right? So we have a bench of experienced people that do have bandwidth. But if it's someone, you know, frequently we have clients come to us and they want a full-time person or it may grow into full-time. So Mm -hmm. in those instances, we're going to do a fresh search. And we have a whole really uh, honed process uh, that our talent acquisition team utilizes to vet our candidates. So that involves uh, many interviews I don't know if you've ever heard of Patrick Lincioni. Have you ever heard oh, yeah. of him? Yeah. Sure. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that people, there's still people I run across who haven't, oh, but yeah. um, his humble, hungry, and smart, you know, <laughs> that is a big part of our process, making sure that people we ask to come in and serve under our umbrella, that they have those attributes, then making sure that they have the practice area experience, well, just the generally the legal experience that they say that they do. And then we vet them to make sure they have the practice area alignment that they claim that they do. And then um, we check them for details. Are they as detail oriented as they say they are? And uh, we do background checks. We do personality testing. um, We make anyone that we make their contractors. So to be considered to serve our clients, they have to agree to go through cybersecurity testing because that's, I come from the e-discovery world. And so that's really important. And I'm the one that talks to clients all the time. So I understand the importance of caring for our clients' data. And so uh, they go through our cybersecurity protocol before we would ever consider placing them. So we put them through a battery of tests, do all checks, and they have to be humble, hungry, and smart before we would even consider allowing them to meet with one of our clients. So that being said, a client comes to us and then we would find out, you know, how much support do you need? They would tell us number of hours and then we would, uh, you know, just tell them pricing and We have many, many processes to facilitate and we have worksheets and things. And depending on what their needs were, we would place somebody. Sometimes we have people who have been doing this forever in a day and they want just somebody who's hungry and um, shows initiative and they don't need them to drive the bus. But then, you know, I just talked to a client recently who said, look, I want somebody to text me in the morning what I've got on my schedule. I want them to manage me. And that's great. And then I had someone recently and I was just telling my, you know, director of operations, the do, um, <laughs> that I had a client who, well, this client is just great. And he's incredibly smart as you and all of your peers are, but he, I really loved him because even though he was so smart, he was able to say to me, Meg, I really am terrible at people. He's like, people tend to not really take to me. And he said, if you could find me somebody that would help me get along with others, that would really be awesome. And that can be game changing for his firm. It's changing his game. I'd like yeah. to say, yeah, it's really making a difference. And and I'm so grateful and that warms my heart so much to know that we are making that difference because we play somebody that is a high, you know, high emotional intelligence and like, it's really making a difference. And so that makes me just jump out of bed, you know? 
Oh, I do. And I mean, it's game changing. I mean, as an owner of a firm that is like really built on emotional intelligence, I make our people go through so many personality tests. They're so done with me by the time they, you know, get in because I I want to understand how they all fit together. I want to understand how people work intrinsically, extrinsically, you know, all the things like I would literally run like a hundred personality-ish kind of tests if I could. I just, I love to understand people. And so that's so helpful in putting together a team. I mean, I'm just fascinated by your service. I mean, I have to know, do you place any people in Washington? You know, that's my selfish ask being a Washington family law attorney. (laughs) Okay. Yes. We have an amazing contractor and she showed us the sound that she lives on and we just drove and I'm like, do you want to see the suburbs? I mean, we just live in the burbs and I mean, we like it, but um, the sound is just way more exciting. But um, but yeah, absolutely. And we typically try to get people in the same, you know, we just are able to cast such a wide net right. at least, and that's why we're able to get such rock stars because it's a wider net. Our processes are so good. Our team is we create a great environment for our team too, I think. And, and I just think it works. Now, how long can a person stay in a temporary type position before they might want to go to full-time? And I think you mentioned like kind of like buying them out. So that is part of the process where you could kind of take on that person full-time if that worked on both sides. Yes, ma'am. So indefinitely we started right and I mean, right before COVID hit and we got Perfect. two, yeah, I know. and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like we had no real intention of ramping up, but it just kind of happened that way. So I came over and started working here full time in January of 2021. So um, it'll be two years for me full time because I worked in staffing for another company that places virtual assistants. And I just kept having so many attorneys on my roster and they kept saying, we love, you know, what you guys are doing. We just need more. We need more. And, and the company that I worked for, I went to the owners on two different occasions and said, Hey, can we diversify? Can we get paralegals? Can we get client intake specialists? And they said, you know, we love that our clients want to grow through us, but we don't have any heart tug for legal. And having come from the e-discovery world, I really, the reason why I love working with attorneys is because you guys tell me when you're happy and you definitely tell me when you are not happy. And I love that. When I go into an office to meet with you and your peers, it's just so I just want the authentic word. I can yeah. I can work with that. It makes I me agree. crazy now when people give me platitudes. I'm like, can you just tell me? Let's just really? fix it, you know? Oh, I mean, whoa, could you and I talk about that for hours? I completely agree. I'm like, just lay it on me, good, bad, and ugly. I can handle it. How right. else can I solve it if I don't even know what I'm solving for? <laughs> and oh, a hundred. I mean, 150%. I agree. I mean, I spend so much time encouraging my team, my own team. I'm like, if you have problems, concerns, ideas, suggestions, like 
bring them to the surface. Do not hold back. Like there's no way for us to get better without frank discussions and frank feedback. Running your own practice can be scary. Whether you're worried about where the next case will come from, feeling like you're losing control over your growing firm or frustrated from being out of touch with everyone working under your license, the stress can be overwhelming. We will show you how to turn that fear into a driving force of clarity, focus, stability, and confidence that eliminates the roller coaster of guilt-ridden second-guessing and mistake-making to get you off that hamster wheel for good. Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time is a step-by-step playbook that shows you how to identify what your firm needs and how to proactively get it at every stage of the game so you're prepped and excited for the inevitable growth that will follow. Name the lifestyle that you want and we'll show you how to become a Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. Find out more by going to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash course. I am a huge, I mean, Radical Candor. I don't know if you've ever read that book. No, should I? Oh, I mean, kind of game changing. I think Kim Scott is the author. Okay. Such a good book. It is one of our core values. I love and that. we are, you know, we actually just yeah. did a learning lunchbox trying to help people understand because radical candor is caring personally and challenging directly. So you must have that caring personally part first. Otherwise, yeah. you're challenging directly can sound abrasive and be mm-hmm. mean. Do you know what right. I mean? Oh, I but definitely you, know what you mean. If you are truly a caring, empathetic human, and you've got that caring personally down mm-hmm. pat, you can challenge directly in a way that is open and, and where somebody can do it back towards you. Like we have a very non-hierarchical firm where I want as much feedback to me as I want to give to people. Like yeah. I don't want to be immune from feedback somehow just because my name is on the door. Like that's absurd. And I- yeah. And I think it, you know, if I can kind of jump into the mom side of things, yeah. I think it's exactly like being a mom, you know, and especially, you yeah. know, my kids are at an age where <laughs> they're so cute. And they, my one son was disagreeing with me, my younger son, and he is much more comfortable with confrontation than our older son. And I think that could be my fault because I think thought that we should maybe punish that out of him and you know and I'm trying to rebuild that now and so I probably did make him mind us mind me very old school and he's getting there he's definitely getting there and his 6'2 stature helps I think you know and but my younger son was so cute because I had to hop off the phone because recently because he was disagreeing with me and we were just having this, you know, back and forth. And he texted me and he said, just so you know, I'm never going (laughs) to never going to flip over on this one. Love you, mom. But I'm not coming to your side. And it just made me laugh and kind of fill up because I like and I said, I really respect that you're sticking to your guns. I don't agree with you, but, you know, and I like. I just like that they're both authentic and. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it, I mean, yeah, we joke in our house. I mean, I raised some exceedingly free thinking, independent (laughs) humans and and none of them feel compelled to agree with me, which, you know, obviously it can make for difficult dinner conversations at (laughs) times, but I think that's was my job. You know what I mean? 
teach I do think and to to analyze things on their own and against their own values and their own life goals not mine and so it has been fairly interesting to watch them develop and see where they land on things now and I love being able to have deep intellectual discussions with them about their thoughts and why they think something even from a place of not never trying to convince them to come to my side more of a place of curiosity on my part how can I learn more about their side you know and what do I not understand that they can help teach me and I find that in young adults to be fascinating and like encouraging them to read or expand because you know just like I was the best parent in the whole wide world until 1997 when the first one came out. And then, you know, I, I knew all the answers, please. Are you kidding me? I'm the last of six. I babysat like crazy when they started, you know, I started having nieces and nephews and then all bets were off as soon as I had one. Right. Is that not true? So when our boys started having so many opinions, now it's fun to just say, hey, you know what? Maybe read this. And they will. I mean, oh, yeah. we're all big fans of Audible. And so fortunately, they, oh, yeah. will, they will do that. So, yeah. And I love that you, it sounds, I mean, obviously you read a lot, but books, you know, that I, it sounds like you like to read a lot too. Oh my gosh. I love, love, love reading. I, my poor team, I had somebody the other day tell me that in onboarding, instead of like the normal things you need to send people like paper pens, you know, paper clips, they're like, at least you really should buy everybody a bookshelf with as many books as you send out to us. And I was like, fair enough. Maybe a bookshelf should be on the list. I mean, because we gift people books constantly. And then we have a firm book club. So every month we're, you know, sending books out to. I want to be in your firm book club. What are you reading right now? Um, I don't know what's on tap for September. I actually would have to get back to you and let you know. We have somebody on our team who works with the people who are super involved in the book club and they come up with different genres and what they want to read. And so I think the September title will come out today. Oh, good. I just, now this one, I didn't get the memo 10 years ago, but A Thousand Gifts. Did you read that? Yeah. Like a while ago. And somebody just told me to read it and it is kind of prosy, but, but it is good. It is good. Oh, there's just so much. I mean, I just think there's so much out there that we don't even learn, you know, in college, graduate school, whatever. I feel like I did all the schooling and then I've probably, I mean, easily spent 20,000 hours post-schooling, you know what I mean? Actually learning all the things. Yeah. Are you a reader or an audibler? Both. I do both. I mean, I, I really try to read at least two books a week, usually one via Audible and one written. And so, I mean, I, I do set aside a fair amount of time to read. And, you know, whenever I'm driving, we, we live on the sound as well as your contractor, but a little bit out from Seattle. So we have these longer drives, which I just love because I get to yes. put on an audible and just listen away. And I'm as happy as a clam driving, watching Dang. the water view. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Yeah, awesome. Kind of beautiful and peaceful. So, I mean, I get to do that this afternoon. I go to a massage on Monday and I get to drive 40 minutes to and 40 minutes back. And I just think it's lovely. That so. sounds amazing. It makes you want to like convert to horses. <laughs> <laughs> it takes longer. 
I mean, for real, for real. Well, now I want to dig in a little. One thing I read somewhere was about something that your dad taught you, some entrepreneurial skills or spirit. Tell us a little bit about what you learned from your father growing up. Yeah. So I am the last of six kids, big Irish Catholic family. And yeah, my dad, first when I was born, we were in a grocery store. And then because of all the big box stores, he left that and was still a meat cutter. And he went and became a meat manager at AMP. Remember AMP back in the day? Yeah. And that was such a big part of my childhood. In fact, we were AMP family of the year, um, but I was not even around yet. So I think I was cooking, you know? I love um, that. <laughs> yeah. And so then my dad left AMP when he was like 50 some years old, I think. And I thought he was 50, but then my sister who was visiting just informed me that he was more, a little more than 50. And so anyway, he opened up a hardware store because there would be no refrigeration breakdown. Right. And we were all like, really dad hardware I mean the man could not you know not so good with the hardware and the fixing but my mom did all the books she was smart as a whip and they decided to do that and it was like a block from my house and so dad gone they made a go of it and my dad just had personality plus he was very funny and he was determined um And he had a great business mind. He was only educated to the 10th grade. Then he went and got his GED. He was a vet, um, Air Force, served in the Korean War. But anyway, so um, he was just very driven. And he made a great business. And my parents did very well. I did another podcast. And somebody pointed out to me that I made it sound... I mean, we didn't have a lot of money growing up when he worked for AMP. But then... (laughs) When he went into business for himself, we did very well. And my parents, you know, paid for my education and so on and so forth. But so my dad um, said to me at one point when he was ill, he died of cancer. But I think we used to back and forth entrepreneurial ideas in my family all the time. My dad actually invented a number of things through the years, and some of them were absolutely harebrained. But some of them actually are inventions that stick to this day that AMP, you know, utilized and are part of the meat cutting business today. And so that's kind of cool. But anyway, my dad said, Megger, a lot of people talk about going into business, but few people have the guts to do it. And that really, I, I don't think I... It didn't register with me that it would bug me, but it bugged me. And so, I mean, it really made me proud when we went into business and launched this. And when I sent out the notice that we were doing this, I sent a black and white picture of a woman jumping out of an airplane like 1930s. Right. (laughs) parachuting because that's how it felt like oh my gosh I'm jumping out of an airplane and I'm totally I I make it and it was really scary but you know it's the team that I have Patty Cotter is amazing and without her I really don't think we would have grown the way we did and our team is just you know they make me bring my best game to work every day 
Right. Well, and it's to me, it's so much entrepreneurship is so much like parenting in that regard. That just like jumping out of the plane, you have no idea what you're really getting into. I mean, you can read every book on the planet about parenting. Nothing (laughs) prepares you for real life parenting. And I think the same is exactly true of entrepreneurship. And it's so interesting to me that you bring up how important your team is. And I think the same is true on the parenting side. If we either have a partner, a spouse, you know, family support, a village of some sort, having that team Mm -hmm. to help you in that parenting realm Mm -hmm. is as important as that team in the entrepreneurship realm. And we need to do so much better, I think, as just humans in acknowledging that no yes. one person can do it all themselves. It's not, it's not even, it shouldn't even be the goal. I mean, it's not possible for one, but it right. shouldn't even be on the radar is what we're trying to do because yes. we don't all have all the skills. We all have strengths and then growth opportunities. And so I just, I love your analogy of, you know, what entrepreneurship felt like and what it looked like and I mean, I love that your dad too, just, I mean, talk about summing it up so poignantly that it truly is. I mean, it is a brave endeavor to do Mm -hmm. what you've done. I just love though that you saw a need in a field and you did, I mean, the right thing, like you went actually to that, the boss, the people who own the thing and said, let's do this. And they were kind of not passionate about it. And then Mm -hmm. you took a huge leap. I just, I mean, I think that's amazing. I mean, it's super impressive. And I think the need probably far exceeds even what you realize and you're like knee deep in it. I mean, because, I mean, when I tell you there are just lawyer after lawyer after lawyer looking for help, I mean, I'm just not even slightly being hyperbolic. (laughs) It excites me to think, that that is the case. And when I tell you that when I in e-discovery, I would see both sides really struggling, you know, the attorneys that I and what I saw, you know, people will say what they will about attorneys, but my clients that I worked with, they were just trying to get home to their families. They yep. really were. They were just trying to get home to their families, big firms, small firms, and everything in between, and paralegals many of them would take a bullet for their attorneys, but they couldn't see their families when they were prepping for trial. And, and because I come from lit support, I still have those contacts and I talked to them a lot. And I just was taught, you know, we're placing somebody in a um, litigation, you know, not a big firm, but a firm that litigates big time. And, I was in contact with my folks that have nationwide contacts and I and nationwide presence of whether it be assembling binders for trial and all those things and boards and so on and so forth, e-discovery, doing forensic collections, all of that. And I said, hey, if they need your support, you know, can you guys do a proposal for them? I don't know that they'll choose them, but I want to know that the support that I was accustomed to providing to my clients in the Atlanta area is what my clients can expect, you know, at least anything that I touch. I was very, very slow to introduce 
our services to my previous e-discovery clients. And some of them I still haven't connected with. And it's because I had to make sure that because I built my reputation, you know, on not missing anything. It's, you know, absolutely. E-discovery is a different animal and it's so high. It really is so high pressure. And so I had to make sure that I knew as much as I could know and I didn't have blind spots. So I really tried to be patient until I rolled it out. And I just said to our team, you guys, I'm setting up lunches with my folks. So yeah, so that's That's what we're, yeah. It feels really fun to reconnect with all of the people I know for a while. Yeah. I think it's just awesome. Well, tell our listeners, how can somebody get in touch with you? So they want to you know, learn more, do an intake with you. What is that going to look like? How do they reach you? Mm -hmm. So my email certainly is meg at wovenlegal.com. And we named it Woven Legal, just so you know, because our folks really seek to be part of the fabric of the firm, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah, because when I was a contractor working virtually, when the phone would ring, I would be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. These guys work virtually. They want to be part of an organization that's thriving. So Meg at wovenlegal.com. Our website is wovenlegal.com. My number is 770-362-5409. And any of those means can reach us. And we would love to learn more about the practice and you know, what staffing challenges exist. I just, I mean, I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you on. And I just think you this such a huge need that you all are servicing. And so I'm just, I'm really honored actually to be able to share your services you. with the Maximum Lawyer Group. So I really appreciate your time today. And if anybody who is listening to our podcast, I mean, always feel free to, you know, leave a review, let us know what you're interested in, what you would like to hear more of. And again, Meg, thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I hope you enjoy your week as well. Thank you. And I hope you have a great drive and a great massage. Yes, I will. I thank know, you. It was my pleasure. Thank okay. you so much. Yes. Right. Bye. Thanks, Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time.